You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Coming to you later on on a Wednesday, but wanted to wait and let you guys know uh, what happened on National Signing Day. The early signing period is open. BYU signing 16 players as part of their 2021 recruiting class. We'll break down all 16 of them, let you know what I think of all of them. We'll also get you some of the comments from Kalani Satake as he spoke to the media earlier on this afternoon to talk about the signing class, what he makes of it, etc. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's podcast. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar. Love that company. We'll tell you a little bit more about it later on in today's podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 16th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. That is the Locked On Cougars podcast. Our goal here, just as a heads up, if you're new to the show, is to be your one-stop shop daily for all of this BYU sports news and insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure to join us each and every day, and we'll keep you up to date and make you the smartest BYU. BYU fans in the room. All right, kicking off today's show, BYU, it's National Signing Day or Early Signing Day, the early signing period technically. It's a three-day window here in December when high school athletes and as well as junior college athletes can sign their national letters of intent with the programs they've been committed to. Of course, with the pandemic raging, the 2020 recruiting class has been buttoned up for a lot of people for months now. BYU's no exception. 16 members of BYU's future football teams over the next, let's say, four to six to seven years in some cases have signed on the dotted line, either digitally or also put pen to paper and intend to be BYU football players. And I have to say my overall impression of this class for BYU is it's one that's chock full of guys, if they reach their potential, that can push BYU to another level, I think. That's my personal opinion, and I always use the caveat if they reach their potential because recruiting is all about projecting ahead. You take all 16 of these players that signed with BYU today, and I know that Gary Anderson is the head coach, of, well, used to be the head coach of Utah State University, also spent time at Wisconsin, Oregon State, the University of Utah, and Southern Utah, among other stops. But he said something that has stuck with me, and I, I heard this from him, oh, man, it's probably been at least five years, maybe longer than that. But he said in recruiting, It's an interesting thing because as a recruiter in his mind, if you hit on one of every two prospects, you're doing a good job. You hit on two of three, you're actually considered a quote-unquote ace recruiter. You're a standout who is going to have opportunities to work wherever you want for however long you want to work in the sport. If you convert one of three, well, you're not very good. You may be in danger of losing your job. That is how finite and how close the razor-thin margins are when it comes to nature 
failing on recruiting. So if we're going by the math, if BYU hits on half of these 16 players, eight of the 16, that's considered a good class. If they get around 12 or so, I guess 10 technically, 10 to 12 that hit, they're doing a phenomenal job. And anything less than eight is considered subpar. My personal opinion is that BYU has put together a phenomenal recruiting class, and it's not going to be reflected in the national rankings. I, I get that Utah fans and Power 5 fans everywhere love to flaunt that they have a top 25 recruiting class annually, the top 10 if you're in certain uh, markets. I believe Utah currently was sitting just inside the top 30. Meanwhile, BYU on the 24-7 composite rankings, I think it was around 70th last time I checked. My opinion is that BYU does as good a job as anybody is evaluating their talent that is available to them. In this year's case, they had a limited number of scholarships. I've heard anywhere between 16 and 19 is going to be the sole total of all of the high school signees for BYU. They signed 16 today. So if the 19 number holds true, that means they have three more slots to work with. And obviously, there's always the opportunity for guys to decide, you know what, I want to go find greener pastures and transfer, and that opens up other scholarships. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but... BYU right now is operating with a limited number of scholarships they had available to them. But my opinion on the players that signed today is that this class is chock full of guys that if they live up to their potential could be future stars for BYU. They addressed the offensive line, especially considering they might be losing some guys here in the next little bit. At least two seniors, I think, will depart for NFL opportunities. Two juniors and Brady Christensen, as well as James Empey, that'll probably look at their options and decide if they want to come back for another year at BYU or pursue the NFL route. I think they did a good job addressing the offensive line. I think they got a number of good athletes that can play a myriad of positions for BYU. There is one glaring hole, though, and that is because of the decision by Jackson Dart from Corner Canyon High School to commit to USC. Well, BYU doesn't have a quarterback committed in this class. Kalani Sitake has spoken about this on the record in the past, how he wants to take a quarterback in every class. I've talked to other coaches and staff members in Provo who have told me that at bare minimum, they want to take a quarterback every class. The idea is to never be caught with your pants down when it comes to the quarterback position because it's such a critical position, especially in this day and age of college football. You cannot, you cannot have a quarterback not in your class or not have a quarterback who is ready-made in your mind that could step in and be the starter at any given point. BYU is most likely, I'm almost guaranteeing, going to be losing Zach Wilson to the NFL draft this year. Do they have plenty of talent in the quarterback room? I think so. Guys like Jaron Hall, Soljay Maiava-Peters, Jacob Conover, Baylor Romney. You have a number of guys in there. And in technical terms, a guy like Jacob Conover, who was not expected to come home until this coming football season, he's been back due to COVID-19 issues from his mission early and joined the program as a walk-on. Well, he technically could, I guess, be the quote-unquote freshman that joins the ranks, even though he's already been in the program for a semester. I do think BYU will pursue another quarterback in the lead up to February if they can find one that they think is worthy of 
giving them a scholarship and maybe they even try and find a walk-on or two but the thing is that's the big glaring hole in this recruiting class for BYU we'll examine the class more in depth here in a moment I'll give you some of my thoughts on all 16 of these players I guess we'll do we'll call them superlatives of what I think of each player we'll get to that here in just a moment today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar guys and I love Built Bars I know you've heard me say that probably what a thousand times okay we haven't done a thousand podcasts but I say it quite often and I mean it sincerely. Built Bars are the perfect complement to anybody's diet, whether you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight, you're on the keto diet. Well, guess what? Built Bar is made for you. Low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. They are the perfect supplement to anybody's diet and perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. I want to encourage you guys to check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com. You can check out all that they offer. The Built Brand and Companies, by the way, the whole brand absolutely phenomenal. Well, Built Bars, 20 distinct flavors, all of them dipped in 100% real chocolate. They taste like a candy bar. I have never, never, I mean never craved a protein bar until I had a Built Bar. You go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll save yourself 20% on your next order. Built Bars are absolutely great. I'm a big fan of the Cherry Barcia. Our good friends over at Locked On Utes, hey, I'm a co-host of that show with Brian Brown. Brian actually told me something yesterday on the Locked On Utes podcast. He has created what he called Built Bar Sandwiches. He actually smashes two Built Bars together and enjoys that treat. Might be something worth checking out. So go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code Locked On, save yourself 20% on your next order, and thank us later. All right, folks, let's run down the signees to BYU's recruiting class, the 16 that signed their names to their national letters of intent today. And I'll let you know what I think about each one of them. And we're just going to go in order of when they received their national letters of intent, speaking of BYU. So first off, things kicked off this morning early with Raider DeMooney. He is, of course, the son of Jack DeMooney, who is on the recruiting staff at BYU. And I have to say, folks, Raider DeMooney excites me to watch him develop over the next few years at BYU. He does have plans to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but when he returns, I'm telling you, I could see him playing, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven different positions on the football field. I think his future is at defensive back, and he will be a star for BYU if he comes through and has the career that I think he could have. He is an absolute star in the making. Next up is Nathan Hoke from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, North Allegheny High School. He is the son of former BYU star Chris Hoke, who went on to win Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still lives in Pittsburgh, speaking of Chris, so that's why. Nathan Hoke went to high school out there. But Nathan Hoke, think of the next, like what you call a Brandon Ogletree type of player. Just solid. Just an absolutely solid, rock-solid linebacker who you know is going to come downhill and punish a guy in the run game. I guess the current comp on the team despite maybe not being as good of an athlete, is a guy like Peyton Wilgar. I think Nathan Hoke has all the ability in the world to be a multi-year starter for BYU at linebacker, and looking forward to seeing him carrying on the Hoke family tradition in a BYU uniform. Next up is Weston Jones from Washington, Michigan and Romeo High School. Jones projects as an interior offensive lineman for BYU, and I love the way he plays. He's actually been a guest on this podcast. If you've been listening for a long time, you may remember when we had him on. He has played tackle at the high school level. I think he likely ends up probably at guard or center for BYU, but I'm telling you what, he plays football with a mean streak. He gets out there, and he is a different type of person between the lines than he is off the field, and that's fun to see, and I think he'll be 
part of more vaunted BYU offensive lines in the future. Dallin Havea from Provo High School is next up. They list him as an athlete. And Havea is an interesting prospect because he played running back and linebacker in high school. And I have to confess, I have seen Havea play football from the time he was, I guess, a quote-unquote mighty might. He played with my youngest brother in the youth ranks in football in Utah Valley. The Havea boys are great athletes. They're great all-around football players. And no matter where Dallin Havea lines up, whether it's at fullback, at linebacker, maybe even defensive end, etc., he can be a guy who can make an impact for BYU. But they got to find the right spot for him. So it'll be interesting to see where he does land. But I do think he can have an impact for the Cougars at whatever position they decide is best for him. Next up, another offensive lineman in Dylan Rollins from Missoula, Montana and Missoula Sentinel High School. This is a kid from Big Sky Country up in Montana that BYU doesn't go up and recruit all that much in the state of Montana. But Dylan Rollins, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he plays similar style to a guy like uh, Western Jones who we just talked about. Just a mean streak on the field. Absolutely gets after it. And he is used to cold weather, grinded out football. Any kid that comes from Montana and plays football, you know, has grit. And I look forward to seeing what a kid like Dylan Rollins does for BYU. He had offers from the likes of Minnesota and Oregon State at the Power 5 level. So it shows how good of an athlete this young man is. And he's expected to be an impact player for BYU along that offensive line. Jovessa Damuni is up next. He is the cousin of Raider Damuni, the nephew of Jack Damuni. Wonga Damuni, his father, works at Utah State University as their director of player uh, operations. I don't remember what the exact title, maybe football operations might be the technical title for Wonga. And Jovesa, he may be one of the lowest rated recruits for BYU, but similar to his cousin, uh, Raider, he has an opportunity to play at multiple spots on the field. I think his future is on offense. I think he'd be a great running back, more in the mold of, let's say, a current Miles Davis type of player, or even a wide receiver potentially. I think he is a guy to keep an eye on because if he comes through, if BYU's bet on him pays off, you're looking at a kid who could be the next, let's say, a Leva Hifo type of player. That's my opinion of Jovesa Damuni. Up next, Sione Hingano from Chandler, Arizona, the third offensive lineman in this class that we have talked about. Hingano is an interesting prospect because I had no clue who he was when he got his offer from BYU. I remember seeing a tweet saying, I've been offered by BYU, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Who? Who is this kid? Well, I can tell you this much. He plays for one of the true powerhouses in Arizona at Chandler High School. Of course, that is the school that has produced the guys like Gunnar Romney as well as Jacob Conover. They do a great job. And when you watch what a guy like Sione Hingano does, he's just a bully on the field. He is a late bloomer, a guy who really grew into his frame and came along nicely late in his high school career. And BYU is betting on him continuing that progression, that, that late bloomer status as he plays in the college game. And we'll see if it pays off. I think there's a lot of guys in this class who have talked about about the fact that they're long on talent. And if they pay off their big-time talents and their big-time opportunists, well, that's the type of thing that I see with Sione Hingano. All right, on to Kyson Hall. Of course, the Hall last name is a famous last name for BYU. Jaron Hall's older brother is a quarterback who is expected to challenge for the starting quarterback job if and when Zach Wilson moves on. Well, Kyson Hall is going to play wide receiver for BYU and didn't have necessarily the most stat-stuffed season at Maple Mountain down there in Spanish Fork. I guess if you were to uh, cross both Neil Pau's best abilities with what Dax Milne brings to the table, I think you're getting what, to what you're getting in, in Kyson Hall. 
He's a good player, solid player, and the Hall family, you know this. They have been very talented players when they've been able to be on the field. Here's hoping that Kyson kind of bucks the trend, though, of guys getting hurt from the Hall family when they suit up for the Cougars. All right, Isaiah Glasker from South Jordan, Utah, and Bingham High School. Glasker has the opportunity to be maybe the tallest safety to have played for BYU in their football history. Six foot five, just a true athlete on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball for the Miners. Glasker has all of the ability in the world to be a great safety for BYU. He's planning on going on a mission and looking forward to seeing when he gets home, how he's filled out his frame, etc. But you can't teach height. And he had six foot five and with his ball skills, he could be an elite uh, free safety prospect for BYU down the road. On to Bentley Redden, a tight end from San Clemente, California, and San Clemente High School down there in Orange County. That high school program, speaking of the Tritons, just puts out talent year in and year out, and Redden is just the latest one to come to BYU. He's set to play at tight end for BYU, but I'm telling you what, I'm actually personally of the opinion that he could be an elite defensive end for BYU if the tight end thing doesn't work out for him. We'll see what happens, but you're talking about a kid who's got all of the smarts in the world. He is brilliant, really shows that on the field with his heads-up play, and could be a guy that I think could play an elite defensive end or even just be a starting tight end. I, I think his future is, would be brighter on the defensive side of the ball, just in my personal opinion. This is why I'm not a coach. Let's be clear about this. But I do think he has the ability to contribute at two different positions, which is kind of a theme of what we've seen from BYU's recruiting class so far. Now, the crown jewel in most people's eyes, if you go by the recruiting rankings of BYU's recruiting classes, Logan Fano, who plays at Timview High School, six foot four, 225 pound outside linebacker slash defensive end. If Logan Fano uh, gets to the level that people think he could get to. And if you listen to Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider yesterday, he thinks he's NFL quality if he lives up to his potential. I agree with that. The matter is if that he can live up to that potential. We'll find out. But he is the crown jewel of this class, recruiting rankings-wise. A big get for BYU to get him to recommit to the program after committing as an 8th grader before ultimately decommitting and looking around at his options. I think that he could be a stud for BYU. It's just a matter of him harnessing his potential and turning it into the production that people think he has in him. All right, last few here. Let's run down real quick. John Henry Daly, the kid that I believe is the most overlooked but the best player in this class is John Henry Daly. I am a huge fan of this young man. 22 sacks at Lone Peak High School. He was a one-man wrecking crew for opposing offenses. He had other good players around him at Lone Peak. Let's be clear about that, but I watched John Henry Daly just absolutely wreck opposing teams' game plans himself. He is an elite pass rusher, elite, and I think has as high of a ceiling if he lives up to it as Logan Fano, in my opinion. I think both of them are going to be standout defensive ends for BYU or outside linebackers and will absolutely be impact players for the Cougars. Uh, the twins, the Miguel twins, Elia and Inoka Imigao. Inoka is a defensive end, defensive line prospect from Temecula, California. I think he is an opportunity to be a defensive end, more in the mold of, let's say, a Zach Daw, and really, I think, can be a solid defensive lineman for BYU. He's actually a fantastic player. His brother, Elia, is a six foot four, 320-pound offensive lineman from Temecula, California. And Jeff Hansen yesterday told everybody, these guys are young. They didn't play their senior year of high school football because California canceled high school football, but they both get after it. Inoka is just a massive offensive lineman, and most people think, okay, at 320 pounds, can he really move? 
You watch his film. He absolutely can move. He can be an absolute road-grading guard for BYU on the offensive line. And if the four offensive linemen in this class for BYU pay off, you're looking at four guys whose ceiling is NFL potential, in my opinion. I think that they all have that talent. Will all of them pan out? The stats say no, but obviously they're going to do their best, speaking of the coaching staff, to bring that talent to the forefront and hopefully see them realize that talent and be the standout players they believe they can be. All right, two more guys real quick. Quentin Rice uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada, and Faith Lutheran High School listed as an athlete. I think his future is more as a wide receiver, but he could end up on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, He's gotten a lot of abilities, didn't play necessarily a ton in high school that I saw, but when he was on the field, he was electric. I thought a wide receiver, a guy that could really get down the field and make highlight real catches. We'll see if BYU sees him more as a defensive back in his career or if he gets the opportunity to play on the offensive side of the ball. I think wide receivers is the right spot for him, but we'll see where he lands. And then finally, Ricky Wolfgram, a defensive lineman from East High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. Six foot two, 260 pound athlete. And Ricky. I think has the poss- potential, not the possibility, the potential to be an Atunaisa Mahe-like player. And what I mean by that is Atunaisa Mahe is not the biggest athlete. He's not the fastest athlete. He is not even the best athlete on the field. But what he is, is an all-around solid player who makes the best of his, his abilities. I think Ricky Wolfgram is exactly that. He may not be the fastest. He may not be the best athlete, but he gets the job done. And I look forward to seeing what he can do in a BYU uniform. I am higher on Ricky Wolfgram than I think most out there are. I absolutely do believe he has starter capability for BYU. And if he bulks up a little bit, defensive tackle, I think would be a fantastic spot for him. Think of what the role when he's healthy that Lorenzo Fawatea plays for BYU. I think that Ricky Wolfgram could be that type of a player for BYU. I really do. I'm not making that up. I'm really, really high on him. So there you go. My superlatives of what I expect from BYU's recruiting class, all 16 of them. We'll get you some comments from Kalani Sitake as we close out today's signing day special podcast here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys, a request, I guess, more to make sure you leave us a rating and review. The five-star ratings you guys have left on Apple Podcasts have been absolutely phenomenal. It warms my heart to hear you guys say that you enjoy the podcast, you appreciate me doing it, etc. Well, guess what? The only way we continue to build this audience, and we've built it in a fantastic audience so far, is for you guys to continue to leave those ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. We want five-star reviews, a sentence to what you like about the podcast, and guess what? I am going to reward some of you guys with some Nike gear that I've still got on hand. I do need to do another giveaway here, and we will do that, so make sure to follow the show. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button, especially on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, as well as a sentence or two, or even more if you want, of what you'd like about the show. That will enter you into the giveaway, and we'll do that soon and give you guys some of that BYU Nike gear I've been holding on to. On our way out today, let's let you hear from the guy who really is in charge of all this, and that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. He spoke to the media earlier on this afternoon, and his overall thought on this class is that it's more quality over quantity. Here you go. This isn't a really big signing class because we have a lot of underclassmen coming back. But it's also, uh, for me, the quality the quality that we have in this group is amazing. And so I'm really excited about the things that they're going to do on the field and really excited at the presence they're going to have off the field as well. So really excited about this group. And I can't express enough gratitude for everyone that's involved in the whole recruiting process. And, and um, the, the, the best part, too, is getting to know their families, the recruits' families and, and their schools and things like that. And then just kind of they all have their unique individual story and 
it's pretty cool from from me and my perspective to see it all work. Kalani's a guy who is a favorite when he gets into people's homes. And this year in 2020, the home visits weren't able to be done because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We all get that. But Kalani Satake, he is about as good of a closer when it comes to as a head coach recruiting guys as anybody out there. And I think if a student athlete, a prospective student athlete, gets a chance to meet uh, Kalani Satake with his parents or his family members, whoever it might be, Kalani's going to do a pretty good job of selling him on the vision he has for BYU. Uh, Of course, the question is, will BYU go after a quarterback coming up in the National Signing Day window that will come in early February? Well, Kalani was noncommittal in his response, but still taught us a lot about what the culture is around the program with regards to developing talent, maybe currently on the roster versus recruiting new talent. I want the best players. I don't, I'm not really worried about uh, having too much. I want the best of everything. If you look at my plate Thanksgiving dinner, it's way too big for my stomach, but I'm going to try my best to eat it. So with recruiting, I want the best players. And, and our guys that are here are not afraid to compete. And so, and then, you know, you're going to have, if it's a quarterback or it's a running back, whatever it is, you're going to have a group of guys that they're going to walk into a position room. And those guys are going to give them as much knowledge and mentoring as they can to help them compete against them. And that's, uh, I, I think I mentioned this before in the past that, that um, Tanner Mangum, when he was the quarterback here and when Zach Wilson came in as a true freshman, a lot of people don't realize what Tanner did to help Zach elevate his game. And that's the culture in that room that, that A-Rod's provided. And, and, and that, the, you know, it's, it's really a special thing about BYU is that the, these guys come in and they, they teach them and they mentor them and then they want their best. They want to compete against the best. And that's even giving all the knowledge that they have and sharing it with them and mentoring them. And uh, Tanner doing that got Zach to where he's at right now. And it's a huge part of Zach's um, progress so, towards being a, a great quarterback quarterback and so whatever position it is whoever we recruit they're going to join a room that's going to going to bring him in like family and treat him with a lot of love and care and and it's going to be uh you know it's going to be fun competing against each other so we'll keep we'll keep recruiting i don't know what, the, what else to say this recruiting is a is a is a daily thing all the time so maybe a definite maybe on BYU recruiting a quarterback coming up in the signing window that'll conclude in early February. I'm actually going to put money on it. They will evaluate their options. They don't want to lose an opportunity to add a talented player. So they will look at all the options out there, see what is left over in terms of student athletes, high school athletes that have not had a chance to sign yet, or maybe you're holding out to sign in February. And if they find somebody, they'll sign them. If not, I do think Jacob Conover kind of was planned to be that guy this coming year. Getting a guy like Jackson Dart would have been absolutely awesome. And BYU hoped they would have gotten him, but hey, now you move on and try and find some more talent. Final thing is that BYU has a strong walk-on tradition. They're trying to get guys into the program who will come in as walk-ons, prove their worth, and then earn a scholarship. Dax Milne is one of those players. Baylor Romney is one of those players. I think two guys, and I asked Kalani, this, Kalani Satake this question with regards to Gabe Summers, who's the starting defensive tackle for BYU, BYU right now, as well as Mason Wake, a starting fullback. What are the chances they're going to get a scholarship this year? Here's what Kalani had to say. Yeah, we're hoping to. I mean, we're working with the numbers, and I'm, I've been really thankful that those guys have worked patiently with with us. You know, and you know, we've been we've been 
open in our communication. There's others too that are in the mix that, that uh, I think it's important for us. We, we recruit every position on our team on the, on the roster. So when we were looking at who to add, a lot of thought and, and effort goes into who earns a roster spot here. And so I think it's important that when we recruit, that we recruit from within at first. And then I think, you know, looking at the preferred walk-on program that we have, I think it's got a, it's got a good history. And it's not just since I've been the head coach, we've had a good number of walk-ons that have come through here and have elevated their game and have developed really well. I think for us, is giving them a roster spot, giving them a, a kind of a plan to, to know what they can accomplish and then confirm it with eventually giving them a scholarship. And that's, that's the least we can do as coaches to, to get them in the right spot and give the players what they deserve. Based on that response, it sounds like both of those young men will be receiving scholarships as well as some other walk-ons. And that's the cool thing about BYU. They make good on their promises to these young men, especially the preferred walk-ons. You come in here, you prove you are as good as anybody on this roster, and you will be on scholarship in short order. And I think it's a great way to go about recruiting and finding talent that maybe is overlooked by other programs, but you can benefit from it. So big thank you to Kalani Satake for speaking to us, the media, and a big thank you to you guys for tuning in to this edition of Locked On Cougars. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at BYU's massive showdown at San Diego State in hoops. And a tease ahead, Friday, had a chance to catch up with the one, the only, the Jim McMahon. Yes, you heard me right. I spoke with Jim McMahon. Going to play that interview. The 40-year anniversary of the 1980 Holiday Bowl. Some of you may call it the Miracle Bowl like I do. Well, we're going to talk about that. That comes up this coming Saturday. Had a chance to speak with Jim McMahon about that and a whole lot more. That'll be on Friday's edition of the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for December 16th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys manana. 